اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم وی شیل انشاءاللہ بی پریزنٹنگ سی ایس انگلیش ٹرانسلیشن آف دی فرائیڈے سرمن بائی امیر المومنین حضرت خلیفۃ المسیح دا فورتھ ڈلیورڈ ایٹ دی فادل ماسک لنڈن آن ٹوینٹی فورتھ آف مئی ری ہے 
PR for Allah and to Him shall we return. It is very effective prayer. I had mentioned it in one of my sermons before that I tested it on some children and in very young age they began to recite it as a prayer. Then often their lost things were found in an amazing way. And such experiences made a deep mark on their heart and mind. And as a result, their attention was drawn permanently towards prayer. But this is such a prayer that whether one finds something as a result or not, whether the prayer is physically accepted or not, it gives benefit and makes up the loss. In this verse, we have been reminded that whatever we have lost, it was in fact not ours. It belonged to Allah. Whatever has been created in the universe has been created by Allah. And the real ownership is His. Even we belong to Him. And eventually we will return to Him. So why should there be grief for losing a small thing? Of what use is of crying and weeping over a temporary loss? We also will not remain here for good. A new subject starts here. This grief is also temporary because everything will eventually return to God. And we will return from this temporary world towards our permanent abode. This is a deep prayer and the color develops in this for the reason that God is the master and since he is the master therefore everything will eventually return to him. So this is the implied form of prayer that O oh Allah you had given us temporary mastery and you who is the absolute master and everything returns to you therefore please restore our temporary mastery to us. This is the implied form of prayer which is included in its meaning. Therefore, if you say this prayer understanding its meaning and with reflection and with humility, then with the grace of Allah, often as a result of this prayer, in an amazing way, the losses are made up. But one is granted far more than previously. Those sincere members of Jamaat Ahmadiyya who have often all their possessions during the time of trials, their homes were robbed, their shops were set on fire, and whatever money they were owed was not repaid to them. In business, there are always some loans because of which the business is run. They showed an exemplary patience and said, As a result of this prayer, in place of each shop, they were granted ten shops where a few shops on fire, the whole bazaars were then owned by the Ahmadis. If they had owned one house, then they were enabled to build many houses for their children. So this is such an experience which is backed by the hundred-year history of Jamaat. And previous to it, the entire history of Ummah of Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is a witness in various countries that it is a highly effective prayer. It also teaches us humility and even apparently one gets nothing, 
it gives a glad tiding of receiving something most magnificent. Those people who with humility develop contact with God instead of the world, rather than being pleased with the world, are pleased with God. For them there is a glad tiding in this prayer, that you are a lost thing of God and you will be found by God. And the greatest wealth possible to attain in the world and can be thought of what to talk of the world in the world and whatever is found in it or in the hereafter in every respect whatever can be thought of by man's mind as the most valuable thing it is Allah's existence so it says that why do you grieve over a little loss you will eventually gain your Lord and in this subject there is a glad tiding for the believers for the reason that although everything will return to God but the Holy Quran makes a distinction the Holy Quran tells us that those who are the worshippers of God whose soul continuously returns to him whose thoughts continuously turn to God the return will be theirs and those people who are the slaves of the world they will not be returned to God this subject has been clearly stated in another verse of the Holy Quran Superficial, there is a contradiction in the two things. Apparently, one verse says that everything in the universe will eventually be returned to God. And the Holy Quran states this subject clearly in some other places, that eventually the entire universe will be ended and nothing will remain. Whatever had existed will become non-existent once again, and only God will remain. So whether it is the living beings or non-living things, it will return to him. In another place it says, those people who are arrogant, who are lost in the world, they will not be returned to God. There is no contradiction in the two statements. What it means is that they will not find God. They will be returned blind. They will return but will see nothing. They will not receive anything. Therefore, there is a glad tiding for those who lose something but show patience. And they console their heart that whatever had belonged to God, if it has returned to him, then what? We will also return to him. For them is this glad tiding that whatever you have lost, you will receive far more than that. If you have lost creation, you will find the creator. So diving to the depth of despair and reflecting on all its aspects, you yourself should benefit from this prayer and should teach this prayer to your children right from the start. This was verse 157 of chapter 2, Al-Baqarah. After this was a prayer of chapter 3, Al-Imran, verses 36 to 38, which was omitted. إذ قالت امرأة إمرانا رب إني نذلت لك ما في بطني محررا فتقبل مني إنك أنت السميع الذين I recall the time when a woman of house of Imran supplicated to her lord that O oh my lord whatever is in my womb I free it and dedicate it to you so please accept it from me whatever way you like. Verily, 
you are all hearing and all knowing. This is the prayer in the light of which I had launched the appeal of Waqfe Now, new dedication scheme. I had appealed that those women who hope that Allah will bless them with children, they should dedicate the child before its birth. What I had in mind was that generally whatever appeals had been made in the past for dedication of life, there was no room for the dedication of women. It was unfair for our ladies that there should be no system of dedication for them, as though this blessing is reserved only for men. So I received light from this verse that if the mothers were to make this covenant that whatever is in my womb, O Allah, I present it to you, then if they gave birth to a girl, she will also be dedicated. At times such a girl proves to be much better than boys and of good fortune, as was the case with Hazrat Mary, who was born as a result of this prayer of a woman of the house of Imran. وَإِذْ قَالَتِ اِمْرَاتُ اِمْرَانَ رَبِّ إِنِّي نَذَرْتُ لَكَ مَا فِي بَطْنِي مُحَرَّرًا فَتَقَبَّلْ مِنِّي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ That, O oh my Lord, whatever is in my womb, I have dedicated to you. مُحَرَّرًا Freeing it. Hear the word مُحَرَّر much reflection. And those who say this prayer, they should keep in view its meaning. When we dedicate life, it looks as though we are going from freedom to imprisonment. We lost all our freedoms and were bound by the chains of dedication for good. There are many devotee children whose parents tell them that you should dedicate your life after much consideration and reflection. It is a bondage of life. Nothing will remain your own. Pleasure will be sacrificed. You will have no homeland wherever the Jamaat will wish, will throw you after uprooting you from where you live, and then it will keep you there as long as it will wish. It will keep you there in whatever circumstances it will wish. So it will be an extremely hard life. A very ordinary subsistence is one thing from the point of view of the world, but a sacrifice of your own will, that the will is no longer your own, is a great sacrifice. Opposed to that, the Holy Quran presents dedication in an entirely different light. It says that that woman of wisdom supplicated that, O God, whatever is in my womb, I give to you, and free it. Free from what? Free from the involvement of the world. Free from the slavery of Satan from everything which is other than Allah or comes from other than Allah, I free it. Which means it has given a new definition of freedom. It has been explained that the real freedom is in dedication, which is exclusively for Allah. And whoever becomes a slave, he finds freedom from all kinds of slavery of other than Allah. This is what is always experienced by the true devotees. Those who understand the spirit of dedication, they know that by accepting one slavery of Allah, they have found freedom from thousand slaveries. So, 
This is one way of explaining. After understanding this prayer, you should give spiritual training to your devotee children in the light of this prayer. When you will train them this way, then no one will consider his dedicated life a burden. One will not feel bitter because of any restriction. He will consider it the real freedom that beside God he has become free of everything and of every bondage. O Allah, you are all-hearing and all-knowing. Now you see of what deep is this prayer, and how deep is this prayer, and it was made by a woman who was not a prophet, and Allah valued it so much that he preserved it for good in the Holy Quran, and has presented this prayer as a model for the devotees. So all the children of Waqfe now are a blessing of this very prayer, which was put in my heart, and as a result, the appeal of Waqfe No was launched. She had said, Whatever it may be, I present it to you. And in her mind was the thought that it will be a boy. These are amazing ways of Allah. When you read the prayer in the Holy Quran and see the incidents of their acceptance, then you find that a very subtle sense of humor is expressed by Allah. There is a deep link between the prayer and its acceptance. Allah said that as you have said, whatever it may be, then it is my pleasure, whatever I will create. Then it is not necessary that it should be a boy. So when the daughter was born, she said, that I have given birth to a girl. Whereas Allah knows as to what he had created. What it means is that she was telling Allah that it was a girl, whereas he knew it. This is the common and simple meaning. The deeper meaning is that little she knew the girl she is giving birth to will be better than a boy. She is looking at the physical things, but I have tried her, but have accepted her prayer in the best form. The humor of Allah is not the same as humor of man, as a result of which someone is hurt and is an uncouth humor. Even in the humor of Allah, some blessing is concealed, and there are extremely subtle ways of Allah's acceptance of prayer. Apparently, he reminds man of the faults in his prayer, and covers his faults as well. Anyway, he said, Like this girl, in view of its kind, there can be no boy. In this girl, we have put those qualities also, as a result of which a woman needs man and thus gives birth to a child. And the qualities to give birth have also been put in her. She is self-sufficient. She does not need a man. So, in this respect, she was superior to women, no doubt. She has excelled men also. So, when you reflect on the prayers of the Holy Quran, you should study its background deeply. You should reflect on the subject that follows it. Then your prayer will develop 
width as well as depth the words will remain the same but their meanings will continue to expand and the meaning of one time will not be enough it is my experience that the more you will reflect with the grace of allah the more meaning you will continue to find in the same prayers it says fataqabbalaha rabbuha bi qabulin hasanin wa ambataha nabatan hasana so her lord accepted that girl bi qabulin hasanin it was a most magnificent acceptance wa ambataha nabatan hasana we nurtured her and made her grow in a magnificent form so it is a model for those who have taken part in waqfe now that they should also give spiritual training to their new devotee children so that they look different from the ordinary children they should bring them up in a magnificent and attractive way and develop them but this capacity can be granted only as a result of prayer there is one prayer of the sorcerers who had believed in hazrat moses peace be on him which was missed it is of chapter 7 al araf verse 27 rabbana afrig alaina sabran wa tawaffana muslimin o our lord grant us patience wa tawaffana muslimin and cause us to die when we are muslims this same subject has passed earlier in another form what it means is that since they had given this challenge addressing pharaoh that whatever torment you can give us whatever you want to do to us go ahead and do it but at no cost will we renounce the faith and whatever faith allah has granted us we will continue to remain attached to it in all situations this was their challenge to pharaoh but suddenly they thought that this is not possible without allah's help we desire it and we have these aims but a man is weak therefore in this matter we will certainly beg strength from allah so every believer who has pious aims and for aims sincerely and he knows that he is making these decisions with taqwa for him also is this advice that he should beg allah's help through prayer otherwise the pious aims for pious things which are formed sincerely it is not necessary that a man is enabled to fulfill them so the last thing they said was tawaffana muslimin call us at a time when in your sight we are resigned to your will another well known prayer of hazrat moses which he made to see a glimpse of allah he used to see allah's glimpse daily but he wanted to see that glimpse in another meaning chapter 7 al araf verses 144 and 145 walamma jaa musa limikhatina wa kallamahu rabbuhu and when moses came at the appointed time and at the appointed place for a meeting with allah wa kallamahu rabbuhu and allah spoke to him qala rabbi arini anlik oh my lord make it so that i can see you it is a beautiful phrase arini means show me 
answer that I may see. In common phraseology, we will say, O oh Allah, reveal to me how you are, so that I can see you with my eyes. O oh Moses, you will certainly not be able to see me. However, you should look towards that mountain. If that mountain stands firm in its place, then it is possible that you may be able to see me. So when Allah manifested himself on the mountain, he broke it into pieces. And Moses fell down unconscious. And when he recovered, he said, O Lord, you are free of all weakness. Talk had started from a prayer and was ending on a prayer. That is why I had to read the whole verse to tell you as to what the subject was. I turn to you. And I am the first. There is a reported tradition linked to this verse which has developed some confusion. And the commentators and the scholars of traditions have debated much about it. The report is that when on the day of judgment, when there will be resurrection, and when Allah will manifest himself, everyone will fall down unconscious. The question they have raised is that who will first recover consciousness? There is one tradition that Moses will recover first, and when the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, will see, he will find Hazrat Moses already on his feet and conscious. The explanation of this which has been mentioned in that reported tradition is that Hazrat Moses had experienced this before. That divine manifestation, as a result of which one suddenly loses his consciousness, the manifestation is so powerful that one cannot sustain it. That was backed by Hazrat Moses, and a sample of it was seen by Moses in this world. Since he has already been a player of this field and has passed through this path, therefore, when on the Day of Judgment this manifestation will truly be shown, then he will recover comparatively quickly. This tradition in the light of this verse and the other relevant verse which I have mentioned needs reflection, but the commentators and the scholars of tradition give the same explanation which I mentioned. Anyway, this prayer says that I am the first to believe. The word avval here does not mean first with respect to time because many others have been before Hazrat Moses and the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is first among the believers in the real sense. So both the words avval and akhir that we find in the Holy Quran and in the traditions are in view of station and not in the physical sense of time. When we say first, it means first in position, 
as one stands first in examination, he is said to be first. It is similar kind of meaning. One prayer was said by those who had worshipped the calf and had felt shame and had repented. The prayer was, وَلَمَّا سُخِطَ فِي أَيْدِهِمْ وَرَوَوْا أَنَّهُمْ قَدْ ضَلُّوا قَالُوا لَئِنْ لَمْ يَرْهَمْنَا وَيَغْفِرْ لَنَا لَنُكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Verse 150 That when they felt shame and they realized that they had been misled, they prayed, لَئِنْ لَمْ يَرْهَمْنَا رَبُّنَا If our Lord will not have mercy on us and will not forgive us, we shall surely be of those who suffer great loss. So that for each situation which a man can face, Allah has taught us some prayer in the Holy Quran to fit that situation. And in this respect also, if you memorize the prayers of the Holy Quran, or if you cannot memorize all of them, you should memorize some of them and should glance over the prayers of the Holy Quran at each time of difficulty, you will certainly find some prayer which fits your situation. And if you will say that prayer the same feelings with which that prayer was said, then inshallah you will see magnificent scenes of acceptance of prayer. We learn from the Holy Quran that Allah had taught the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, so many prayers that we do not find so many prayers taught by Allah in connection with them. We learn from the Holy Quran that Allah had taught the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, so many prayers, that we do find so many prayers taught by Allah in connection with the mention of any other Prophet. On one occasion Allah said, that, O oh my servant, when you are sent revelation, you should not try to repeat it rapidly, lest you forget it. And you should say, O oh my Lord, continue to increase my knowledge. From this we also learn the innocence of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and we also guess how he looked at the revelation of Allah. To send revelation is the work of Allah, and to preserve the revelation is also the work of Allah. But the one who has limitless love for something, and if he wants to preserve it, then even if he is certain that the thing will be protected, he makes much effort and tries his best to collect and preserve it. So this is the scene which has been presented of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When the revelation was sent to him, he used to repeat the words quickly so that no word and no vow point should lose its position. It was then that Allah said to him that you need not struggle so hard. However, during this time you should say this prayer. That, O Allah, increase my knowledge. We learn from this prayer that the system of memory of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was not an ordinary system. But as far as the revelation is concerned, 
it is possible that the other prophets also had this distinction that the Rebbe comes down in a form that it imprints on one's mind and it is not necessary to listen it carefully and memorize it because the prayer which has been taught is entirely different that O oh my Lord increase my knowledge when you are listening to someone and are repeating some other words with your tongue then you can neither understand what you hear nor can you memorize it so at the time of revelation prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him to be asked to repeat this prayer shows that his mental effort had no connection with the preservation of revelation it used to descend itself and used to become firmly established as a permanent mark whether he gave attention to it or not Allah's decree had to preserve it in any case so Allah says that in your spare time you should do this that you should make more supplications to me and say that reveal more knowledge to me and rather than losing my knowledge you please increase my knowledge further because what one forgets he loses the knowledge he had gained so in Zidni Ilma it has said that there is no question of your losing what you have learnt because we have this responsibility however we should ask for more in connection with this prayer there is another prayer which was taught and I will tell you that also it is say oh my Allah teach me the realities of things that is explain to me the deeps which they contain normally I say this prayer together with the prayer of the Holy Quran and especially at a time when I need some guidance it is my experience that as a result Allah informs me many meanings which cannot be found by one's own mental effort there is no revelation but Allah puts such points of wisdom in the mind suddenly that one is amazed Salat should also benefit from this Quranic prayer especially Ahmadi students should continue to repeat this short prayer it is such brief sentence as a result their attention should continuously be drawn to this fact that the real knowledge is the word of Allah the other knowledge of the world is a secondary knowledge here the word ilm has been used with respect to the revelation Quran so when the students say this prayer they should not leave the higher subject and should say prayer with the inferior subject in mind they should pray O Allah we attend to the casual knowledge of the world these are compulsions but grant us that knowledge also which you had revealed to Hazrat Muhammad the messenger of Allah a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and for its sake this worldly knowledge also which is subsidiary to it this was verse 115 of chapter 20 Taha at the same time 
I have also obtained the exact positions where these prayers appear in the order of the Holy Quran. I had left these out, but when these sermons will be printed, then they will be placed at their right position. So when these sermons will be published together, then the verses that I have discussed today, they will be placed in the right position. Those who are listening should not then think that this is an error. This will be done intentionally. Now I will take up the subject from where I had left. A prayer of Hazrat Moses, peace be upon him, has been mentioned in chapter 26, Ashura, verses 11 to 18. وَإِذْ نَعْدَى رَبُّكَ مُوسَىٰ أَنَيْتِ الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ قَوْمَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَلَا يَتَّقُونَ قَالَ رَبِّ إِنِّي يَخَافُ أَنْ يُكَذِّبُونَ وَيَدِيقُ الصَّدْرِ وَلَا يَنْتَلِقُ الْإِسَانِ فَأَرْسِلْ إِلَىٰ هَرُونَ وَلَهُمْ عَلَيَّ ذَنْبٌ فَأَخَافُ أَنْ يَقْتُلُونَ When Allah sent revelation to Hazrat Moses and commanded him that you should go to the wicked people of Pharaoh, Why don't they follow taqwa? Why do they not follow the path of fear of Allah? O God, I fear that they may deny me. Now, why should they deny him? In this, the mind of Hazrat Moses does not go to the fact that the prophets are always denied. But there is a particular reason in his mind, which the Holy Quran explains clearly. He says, they do not follow taqwa, it is correct, but I also fear one thing, and that fear is that they will deny me. Why will I me? My mind does not open up as I explain things. When I think of a subject and want to present it, then I feel a constraint within my heart. This is human experience. Often a man cannot express himself clearly. In their exams, despite knowing the answers, some students cannot express themselves. Therefore, it is not necessary that a student who has failed or has marks will definitely be incapable. At times, the poor fellow does not know the skill of expression. Similarly, Hazrat Moses said to God, My tongue falters. It is said that Hazrat Moses used to stutter. Therefore, my suggestion is that you should send revelation to Aaron. Now, this is a strange and interesting prayer. There is he, and there is loving simplicity that he is telling Allah, that with reflection I have guessed that it will be more appropriate that Aaron is made a prophet. And the real thing has come out at the end. The difficulty is that they have a charge against me. I have committed something wrong for which I am answerable to them, and by I had killed one of their men. Now, if people deny a prophet in the normal circumstances, 
then that is common. But if there is also a charge against him, and they think he is a false prophet, then far more than previously, with more anger, they will take revenge of their previous loss, and will punish me for their charge. So this was the real story, as a result of which he took himself out of it, that, O oh Allah, under the circumstances it is better that instead of Moses you make Aaron a prophet. Beware Moses. You must go, but you both should go. Now Allah has accepted the prayer and has also removed the fear which he had. The word kalla is not to put the fear but is to present the hope in a more certain way. Kalla means that whatever you are thinking is your imagination. It has no reality. How can it be possible that he should harm you against Allah's will? You both should go. Taking my signs with you. I am with you to hear your prayers. We learn from this prayer and from the answer to this prayer that at the same time Hazrat Moses was given some glad tiding of acceptance. Because here the address from the dual form changes into plural form. Is you should go with our signs. I will stand with you to hear your supplications. So the news of the acceptance of that prayer of the sorcerers was already given to Hazrat Moses in this verse and in this earlier address that why do you fear? You will multiply. I have made you two from one but you will not remain two. You will become three and then a nation. Allah will stand with you and hear your prayers. Who can there be to harm you? And you should go to Pharaoh and both of you should tell him that we are God's messenger. Here it has used a singular tense. It does not say Rasulah but says Rasul that is, there was no different two. They were not separate messengers. Both of them were appointed on the same mission, and in their united capacity they were appointed on the same station. Now the question is, how will we say this prayer in normal circumstances? If Allah were to appoint someone on this station, and they should be the same situation, then this prayer should be said. But the fact is that in these prayers there are some hidden feelings of supplication which can be of use to a humble man. By diving in the feelings of Hazrat Moses or remembering some other past prophet and diving into his feelings when a man prays for one state of humility and of helplessness in such a state when one has done some wrong to someone and fears him then if this prayer is said, diving into the feelings of Hazrat Moses, then with the grace of Allah, 
this prayer can be of use to other needs also. A prayer of Hazrat Lot has been mentioned in the same chapter, Ashura, verse 170. Rabbi Najiri wa Ali Mimma Yamalun. O my Lord, save me and my family from what my people do. Here it is not a prayer for physical freedom, which was asked under this prayer. In fact, it is a prayer for the freedom from such a which had spread like an epidemic disease in the whole nation and had penetrated in the entire nation. At such a time, a man cannot be saved from such national ills without prayer. For instance, those who live in United Kingdom see that some ills have spread here. Those living in America see that some ills have spread there. So for them also, we should say this prayer. Otherwise, these ills have so penetrated air that one inhales them with each breath. When one switches the television on or switches the radio on, it is impossible that he could be entirely saved from these ills. So this prayer teaches us that it is not a prayer for physical freedom, but for the spiritual freedom from the ills, which is of great importance. And whoever finds spiritual freedom, for him the physical freedom is granted automatically. So if Hazrat Lot prayed only for physical freedom, then the spiritual freedom would not have been included in it. But when he prayed for spiritual freedom, then the physical freedom was included automatically. Those who, for instance, live in America, I received a letter from there of the mother of a student. She wrote to me that two of my sons are studying in such and such university in America. One of them has written to me that a large majority of the students here take drugs and it is a fashion in the university. And he had also mentioned some other ills that they do these also. And those who do not take part, they, they do not have the right to live among us, they are a separate creature from us. They try their best to make them addicted to these vices. So he had written to his mother for prayers and said, please help me with prayer, otherwise it is very difficult. Therefore those who go to America for studies, I always advise them But the moral ills which have spread in American universities, I think that you will not find its example anywhere on the surface of the earth. They are also spreading much in Pakistan. There is drug addiction and it is becoming widespread. So those who migrate, the more important than migration is, we should pray to seek freedom from the ills of the nation. And for that, this prayer of Hazrat Lot is a model for us. That, O oh my Lord, save me and my family from ills which they do. 
there is a prayer of Hazrat Noah in verses 118 to 122. O oh my Lord, my people have denied me. Make a distinction between me and them. And now free me and the believers. Here apparently it is the physical freedom which is being mentioned. But if you study this prayer with reflection, you will find that this subject is deeper than what appears. First, he has prayed that these have denied me, so make a distinction between me and them as to who is pious and who is unpious. And make the distinction this way, that save the pious and destroy the unpious. So here it was not a prayer for the physical freedom, but was a prayer for the spiritual freedom. Listen to it carefully again and Hazrat Noah submitted that, O oh my Lord, my people have rejected me, and now I have no hope from them. Now between me and them, Fathan, make a distinctive differentiation, that who is pious and who you love and who is unpious and who has incurred your displeasure. And what will be the sign of this differentiation? Save and all those who have believed from that destruction which has been destined for these people. So we delivered him and whoever was with him in a fully laden ark. The mention of a fully laden boat has passed before, in which there was a place for all the people except for the Prophet of God. Not only could he himself find salvation, but was a danger for the rest of them, that if he remained on the boat, the boat will sink, and if he was thrown out, only then the boat will be saved. So when temporarily the shelter of God is lifted as a trial. How dreadful scene develops. Here the scene is totally opposite. Allah says that go and with pleasure take all the believers in the boat and take a pair of every necessary animals. We give you this promise that in this boat we will protect you from stormy waves. Allah says that is what we did. After him, we drowned all those who remained behind. In this, there is a great sign, but unfortunately, most of the people do not believe. There is a prayer of Hazrat Solomon, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, with which is linked deep subject but I will discuss it later. There is no time now. But I will put a brief mention of the first prayer before you. I will mention the other prayers later in detail. 
with which a sign of the truth of the Holy Quran is deeply linked. It is linked to this prayer also, but there are two or three prayers together, and I will inshallah discuss them next Friday. The first prayer is He prayed that, O Lord, enable me that I may thank you for the blessing which you bestowed on me. And I should do good deeds with which you become pleased. And with you enter me among your righteous servants. This prayer of Hazrat Solomon has been mentioned at the time when he entered Namla Valley with his army. Generally people say that it was an ant who saw Hazrat Solomon and warned her sister ants that a great tyrant king has come with a large army. If you want to save yourself, you should run and hide in your nest. Otherwise, you will be trampled under their feet. Solomon understood this and speech. The religious scholars say that Hazrat Solomon was given the knowledge of the speech of the birds and he understood the speech of all kinds of birds. But the question is, this was an ant. How did the poor ant become included in Mantakuttar? Therefore, to consider Namal an ant is not right. It is in fact Namla, which was the name of a people. When Hazrat Solomon was leading an army, he passed such people, and a man from those people warned them that you should hide into your shelters. It looks it was a mountainous region, and there were caves where they could hide. So instead of those people facing the army and thus face danger, the man gave them this advice. Allah conveyed this matter to Hazrat Solomon, that these people fear you. At this Hazrat Solomon prayed. That, O oh Allah, I am not a king like the worldly kings. You have bestowed a great blessing on me and bestowed a similar blessing on my parents also. So please enable me that I should do good deeds, such good deeds with which you are pleased. If, like the ordinary king, I trampled upon and crushed the weak and oppressed the helpless, then I will be acting against that blessing. This is what it means. And for the sake of your mercy, and as a grant of your mercy, please include me among your pious servants. This prayer is for the time when Allah may grant a man some superiority over a section of people and power to control them in some way. And under him are many workers and the matters of many people is under his authority. At such a time also a man must not rely on his own intelligence. Hazrat Solomon, who was highly intelligent, 
and was established on the best position to decide who has committed the crime and who has not committed it, who he should punish and who he should spare. But his high intelligence demanded he should pray to Allah humbly that if you enable me, then I will be able to exercise this power justly. But if you did not enable me, then despite my intelligence, I will not be able to exercise it justly. I fear that I may do works with which you are displeased. Therefore, my supplication is that no matter what extensive rule and victory you grant me, please enable me that in all situations I should do works according to your pleasure and intoxicated with power I should not do wrong. Thus for each occasion and to fit each situation prayers have been preserved in the Holy Quran. Prayers of those people on whom Allah bestowed his blessings and to walk on whose path we pray in the chapter Al-Fatiha. May Allah enable us that we should always step on these paths according to the pleasure of Allah. Ameen. During the Arabic part of the sermon, Huzur said, Before next Friday, I will inshallah go on a long tour. I will probably be away for six weeks or thereabout. Please pray that Allah may make this tour to accomplish those high aims for which this tour is being undertaken. As I will return, there will be annual convention and there may be less time for preparation. So please pray that Allah may enable me to discharge all my responsibilities of the annual convention in the best possible way. Ameen. Alhamdulillah, na'amuduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا ابادلکم کرکم ودیکر